no country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. And welcome to Right Now, the featured podcast of the New Right Network. With us today is Susan Moss. Susan has a very unique perspective that I think you're going to enjoy hearing. She worked in media for 27 years um, on all fronts, and she's a major Trump supporter. And I think she's going to have a lot of insight that I think everyone's been asking some questions like, how pervasive is the fake news? How does this work? Fake media, this and that. This is the person that I think can really answer some of those questions. And she's been writing a book. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that. So new, Susan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I was really excited to be on. <laughs> well, so Susan, if anybody's not familiar with your background, even though I gave you a little spiel there, uh, what would you think that they, what's your, what should they take away from, you know, what do you do? Where are you going? Where are you from? Um, I, my degree was in journalism from Kansas University um, and William Allen White School of Journalism. Um, stayed at home for 10 years with my kids and then ended up launching my career. Started out writing and producing music uh, for an international broadcast music group. And then we left, two of us left and uh, started our own, uh, you know, company and we uh, were a boutique production company um, and we are one of the top five in the world that uh, did strategic branding and all kinds of different production, coaching, on-air, everything you can think of. We wore many hats um, for national and international uh, news media and entertainment, film industries, etc. But primarily news until 2005. And what was it that exactly attracted you to, you know, the MAGA movement, this uh, new conservative movement, and what makes you so passionate about it? Well, having been a New York area, Connecticut, New Yorker for over 30 years, raising my family there, of course, Trump was always in the news, and he is uh, a wonderful man. I don't care what the rest of the media says, uh, you know, the, he's being attacked and it's very unfair. Um, he's just a, an incredible man. And um, so, you know, having said that, I'm a MAGA movement person and I will do it till my last breath. <laughs> Absolutely. I think you're, you're amongst friends here. One thing that gets me about, you know, the New York area is... Trump did a lot for in New York. You know, he saved. Uh, you know, for instance, that small the, the skate park is just a small example for all the good things that he did for the city of New York. And yeah. it's amazing how just how they don't give him any credit for that whatsoever. Well, they did. Um, they did for many years, and you know, in our local regional news, there we were always, you know, hearing pretty good things. Of course, then there were the tabloids that would continue to attack him, and it was really, really sad because. Uh, they obviously just uh, wanted to sell magazines and, you know, eventually get clickbait. So um, <clears throat> he's a good man, though. And uh, a lot of the things most people don't know about, you know, uh, that he did, giving to other people, helping people out. Um, after he was there on 9-11, he uh, 
you know, he did so much uh, for the whole area. So, yeah. So how do you see, uh, you know, the media playing a role going into the uh, specifically, actually, the Democratic primaries? I mean, I see them kind of shaping up and say I think they're picking their winners right now. So how do you who do you see them backing? Hmm. Well, I don't know. That's a tough one. We thought it was going to be Biden. And uh, of course, now it looks like they're all trying to shame him out of existence. Um, I have a feeling he is born. But the curse of being a white male and in the Democratic primaries, that is going to be exactly. strike one. Exactly. And too old. And, uh, you know, he's made some huge blunders on air. Um, and his crowds are really small. Most of their crowds are small. Um, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of it thin out. Um, they, I think Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren are going to be the two, my, my prediction anyway as far as who they're going to support. Unfortunately, I think that Kamala Harris is another Obama and Hillary combined. So I don't want to see that happen again. Yeah, I agree. If, uh, you know, if she could be one of their daughters. I mean, absolutely. I mean, with the ideas, it's, I mean, honestly, you know, and then honestly, if she was tutored by Bernie Sanders, you would actually just have Kamala Harris in a nutshell. Exactly. It's the, the best of the worst, uh, you know, combination. And um, unfortunately, she comes off as very fake. And um, uh, none of them have any uh, strategy or solution. And even if they did, they couldn't implement it. And even if they did, Trump would outdo them anyway, because Trump's doing it all. You know, he's doing it and he's making things happen. And his record speaks for itself. I 100 percent agree. Uh, you know, you working in the media so long, you know, and the ins and the outs and, you know, all the people you met. Uh, how do you think the media is going to spin this uh, Epstein case they got going right here where Bill Clinton clearly was good friends with uh, Epstein and Trump clearly was not. Even exactly. banning from Mar-a-Lago Club. How, how do you think they're going to spin that? And uh, how is that well, going to serve the purpose? Try to hang it on Trump and anybody in his administration, no matter how you look at it, uh, just because that's the way it is you know they're desperate they're a dying breed the democrats are finished uh they're so far left that the left probably don't even want them um but uh it's a small society in new york it's a huge city but our tri-state area is a very small society especially when you're going into those type of uh, monetary levels but it's always the same like 350 or 500 people you see at all of the uh you know, fundraisers or dinners or, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's the same social circles, you know, the kids go to the same schools, you know, uh, so you see them in a societal way. As far as Epstein, um, you know, Trump only knew him on a social level. They weren't best buddies. I mean, this is complete BS that the media is spinning and we know why. So, uh, yeah, I think they're going to just continue to spin until they're done you know until they're spun out because uh i think he's a placeholder epstein's a placeholder and they're going to be dropping new names and new charges i think in the next month or so oh i think that's all well on its way i think that uh epstein's going to be facing what essentially will be a life term in prison and i think he's going to you know, he's going to sing and that's what's going to happen. And names are going to start falling out of his mouth and people are going to be facing some serious charges. 
extremely serious charges. And, you know, all this stuff in XIVM and um, uh, the whole open borders, Mexican cartels, all that stuff ties together, including with Epstein. And they're going to all see it. It's a huge, massive thing that, you know, people are impatient. They want everything. Oh, let's see some arrests. Let's see some perp walks, you know, and it's like, um, you have no understanding how massive this is, how massive the corruption has been, and they've gotten away with it for decades. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, I'm actually happy to see what Mike Cernovich has done in this situation. He really helped yes. crack it wide open. So, you know, he kudos did. to Mike if he's out there listening to this. Yes, I, I agree. He did a, an, an incredible uh, favor to all of us uh, by asking for the Freedom of Information Act on all of this, and he won. So here we go. <laughs> what do you think about this guy that joined the Democratic race yesterday, kind of just to you know, switch gears here? Styers, you know, the big billionaire, the donor. What do you think? Uh, I think something, I didn't get the whole story on this. There's some video going around saying that he's offered $100 million for the Democratic nominee. So. Uh, wow, I hadn't heard that one. Right, wow. But, I, I mean, heard he raised all over two, he already has over couple billion dollars for his, something like that for his you know with the combined with everybody that's going to be supporting him and whatever for his campaign and i'm just like okay well whatever some people say he's uh doing it so that he isn't um charged with whatever they want to charge him with uh, i'm not certain about that i have i have yeah. a much more pedestrian theory i think that he's seeing the faltering of biden and i think that he thinks he needs to try to jump in there and save it or trump will crush the nominee yeah well I don't know. I, I saw one um, campaign ad yesterday that he put out, and I wasn't impressed. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. He had. He may have had some sort of strategy, strategy that I could see. He does not have what it takes. He isn't connecting. He isn't connecting. He's not authentic. He's uninspiring, that's for sure. He's like the black hole of energy. I mean, he starts talking, and you're like, well... I don't know. Somebody turned on some music or something after that because that was terrible. <laughs> That's true. We got to have those uh, music scores and underbeds going to kind of keep it going. You know? Oh, I know. He must have been programmed at the same factory as Mark Zuckerberg. That's what I think about that. Oh, God. Well, there you go. The robotics. Right into our new topic, which is going to be what is going on on social media? And are we going to be able to write? Are we going to be able to stay in the saddle? Until 2020, are we all getting bucked off as conservatives? Boy, I don't know. That's a good one. Um, I think they're doing everything they can to kick all of us off of social media. You know, Soros gave uh, Facebook $5 billion last year, wasn't it, to try to do everything you could. Amount. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's sad to see what's going on with it. Plus, Google. Google. They, you know, the Las Veritas project that revealed that they were saying that they weren't going to let 2016 happen again. Um, oh, my God. You know. <laughs> okay. So Google. I actually kind of admire Google. At least they're upfront about it with their yeah. employees. We're partisan. That's all there is to it. They don't try to put on any fakery like Facebook. Yeah. Uh, there was a really, uh, there was a good interview that Bill Mitchell and Rich Granville did uh, the other day for, I can't think of the name of the uh, company, a little podcast, and, and they were discussing this very thing and, and all the uh, algorithms and all that stuff uh, attacking conservatives. So um, it was interesting to listen 
to what's going on with that. I'll send it to you if I remember. So <laughs> definitely. Well, see, one thing I think that people, if everyone wants to say, oh, let's you know make our own Facebook, let's do this, let's do that. Well, one, we're not going to do that in time. And two, people talk about, and there are great platforms out there, you know, uh, Parler, uh, me see, MeWe. There's you know various ones out there. Yeah. But the problem with that is if we get into those spaces, there's no real liberals. There's not any converts. You will be preaching to the converted only. I think they're very good for not booting them. But we have to go out and find the converts and convert them in order to win more votes, right? Exactly. Exactly. Because otherwise we're just preaching to the choir, like you said. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of topics that are very concerning as far as um, – which I don't think the the Democrats will never address – and, um, of course, the most, I think the, the most serious one is the open border issue and all of the um, illegals and other, you know, drugs, trafficking, all that stuff going through. Um, I think that they will, that, that's just not going to happen. And the American people are truly concerned that, you know, the number one thing that gets me the quote unquote clickbait on Twitter is regarding the uh, concern for radical Islamic terrorism. And that's always been um, uh, something that I'm very passionate about after having survived 9-11 myself, um, which is why I'm writing my book. Um, it's a perspective on um, what happened, not just that day, not just that day, that was important. And I spent the first 75 pages talking about that day. Okay. It's what happened in the weeks and the months and then the years it rolled on and on and the destruction and devastation that it caused us personally in the tri-state area and those of us that survived and then the country and where we're at now, what are we allowing here? What are we allowing? This is not, uh, it's not the America that we know. By the way, since you mentioned that years down the road and think it's overlooked a lot, and I'd like to give big kudos also to John Stewart for taking care of those uh, uh, first responders. That one gentleman just died of cancer last week. Exactly. Uh, that was a heartbreaking case, and there's going to be many more like him in the next years because of the injustice exactly. that was done to them. Exactly. And and see, we forgot. Everybody said, oh, never forget. Well, everybody forgot. And the kids, the, this new generation doesn't even understand it. They don't even know about it. Um, you know, how they're eliminating everything in schools. Um, and it's really important that people, you know, that was the topic I brought up about five years ago. And I said, it isn't over with. People are dying of cancer. People are completely forever traumatized with PTSD after that day. There, it ruined our housing market. Everybody got up and a lot of them fled. Remember those two buildings and building seven and whatever, they weren't coming back. My former husband worked in those buildings and there was no building, no place to go back to work to. You know, that didn't, you know, people don't think about the economic and the mental. You know, there's the actually college professors that are being paid with taxpayer dollars now yeah. that teach along the lines of we brought that upon ourselves because I guess how dare we station troops in Saudi Arabia the sacred land of Islam whenever we're, we're fighting the first Gulf War that's really what the whole retaliation was about with Osama bin Laden he thought that was a tragic sin and that's why he hated the you know the Saudi family I where is that going to go I mean what's going to happen with that I mean are 
Like, are we going to allow our kids to believe that we brought 9-11 and all this violence upon ourselves? I hope not, because it anyway, this those are previous administrations. Those are previous foreign policies, whatever. Trump is being so careful. He does not want war. He is trying to fill this world with peace. Um, he is working to find every solution, negotiate every path in his art of the deal and the art of war. Um, he's trying to make it better. I mean, we can't undo whatever the Bush administration or the Clinton administration and Osama bin Laden and Clintons and everybody else, we can't undo what they did. But we have started today or as of 2016 with President Trump to get on the right track with the world again. And, you know, it's never one country, one person's fault, whatever. Um, but I hope that everybody can pick it up and start from where we're at now, you know. I'm hoping that Trump is able to push back against the, my opinion, bloodthirsty neocons that are still in Washington that want to go to a media war with Iran, and, you know, disregarding the loss of American lives and the innocent Iranian lives that are there. So do you think we'll be able to do that? Um, Trump is sure trying to. I mean, you've got the warmongers, the cabal people, the banking people. That's that's how they make their money. You know that. Uh, we don't... Uh, the American people don't want it. The Iranian, I can't tell you how many Iranian people have reached out to me and asked me to send messages out and retweet things, uh, you know, that they don't support the regime. They don't want that regime. They want to oust the regime. And they know, they know, I was listening to one of their podcasts, they know that they are responsible for ousting this regime and they will, you know, do whatever they can to get rid of them. Um, but they just want to have a peaceful uh, unoppressed life, you know, and, you know, like, like they had before, before, you know, they, uh, exiled the Shah of Iran. Right. It's always amazing to me to see pictures before the, you know, the Iranian revolution and, you know, you have women in particular, you know, they're dressed in Western styles. They're like, you know, sipping, you know, espresso and whatnot. And then afterwards they're completely covered in burqas. And I mean, it's just insane. No. Do we want that for our country? I People? don't. I, I certainly don't. And I hope that most don't. Um, well, we I have question to Europe, too, by the way. Does Europe want that for their continent? No, nobody does. But, you know, what people don't understand, and I'm just going to be blunt about it, Islam is not a religion. It's a totalitarian political ideology. It is a complete civilization unto itself. It's a political system with a manual. Muhammad was a politician, and I don't care what they say, uh, they're never going to convince me of anything differently. Um, I've studied this for, oh gosh, since I was in college, but especially after 9-11, trying to make sense of my life, you know, after what happened, um, seeing the horror firsthand, um, losing hundreds of friends, um, going to three funerals, a week for three years, you know, two or three funerals or memorial services a week for people that never came home. Um, I, watched I, don't friends, I watched friends come back in coffins from wars that were started because of Islamic um, terror. Exactly. Yes, yes. And for Ilhan Omar, 
I have a message for her. She really triggers me, my PTSD from 9-11. When she came out and said, somebody did something or some people did something, how dare she? How dare she? How dare she? That's all I can say. I agree. She should be ashamed of herself. And then she said that America has no... What did she say? She said America is a uh, a moralist country or something. She said from a war-torn... I'll use Trump's terminology. It's my show, shithole. And she came here to the United States, and she marries her brother, and then not married to her. I don't even know what happened with the brother marriage. And then she fandangles her way with political correctness to becoming a United States congressperson. Who? She should be filmed with shame every day of her life. I'm sorry. I know this is your interview, but it's true. No, it's it's okay. <laughs> it's conversational here. Uh, you know, she, she's a Muslim Brotherhood plant, okay? I've done all the research on her. She met secretly with Erdogan in New York City in September of 2017 at a New York hotel in the same room that they met with the Muslim Brotherhood, okay? And this was before she was elected. So who's funding her? The Muslim Brotherhood? The Muslim exactly. Brotherhood is obviously a terrorist organization. I know. She met and with them in New York City. The I know. I mean, they won't be happy until they have officially you know, disposed of the Pope and turned St. Peter's into a mosque. That is exactly what they want. It's called Chrislam. It's a real thing, and they have a logo and everything. It's called Chrislam. And Chrislam. They, is that Islam and uh, combined? Chrislam. Christianity, so. Islam. I've seen the logos. Okay, I've got, got to look this up after this. I'll after this interview, I'm gonna go look it up for sure because it sounds I'll almost like a like a religious movement that they talk about in this book that was written a while back called the Bible, and that's gonna happen at a certain time. And I don't know. Maybe I know it's a little scary, but <laughs> if we're gonna be going through that, it's not the end. It's just the beginning, and Trump is leading the way as far as I'm concerned. But uh, as as far as, you know, trying to uh, do the right thing and protect us all. But, yes, I, the Pope is complicit. The Vatican is, complic- is complicit. The Pope is a Jesuit, um, which is the military intel of the Vatican. Um, so it's very strange times we're living in as far as that goes. Uh, they want the one world government, the one world religion. Uh, and I have many Catholic friends, and they are absolutely blind to it. They're absolutely blind to it. I agree. Uh, that's my experience as well. I know a lot of very, very good, God, very honest Catholics that, I mean, are yeah. very blind to it. And, you know, it's again, it's like everything, you know. There's good people. It's like the FBI, the rank and file. Honestly, almost all of them are good people. I'm sure there are some bad apples, but, you know, but it's at the very tip top we had those issues. And that's really where, you know, rots from the top, you know. It's true. Tippy, tippy top. <laughs> that's right. The closer you get to the top of a mountain, you know, the more treacherous the path. And that's exactly what I see in a lot of these organizations. Yeah, I was just so, being insulting to AOC because she said the tippy, tippy top. Oh, God, there's yeah. another one. Okay. Anyway, we will talk. I mean, being able to cry on demand in front of a fence, that's quite something. <laughs> I feel qualified, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That was uh, totally scripted. I heard that those pictures were taken when she uh, was doing her $10 million documentary from Netflix. So it's all scripted and staged. Oh, well, 100% it's all scripted and staged. I, uh, I, I think we're going to see more of it, though. You know, I think, uh, for instance, I have a lot to say about Pete Buttigieg running 
because he's one, he's a mayor of a town with like zero national qualifications, but here he is on the stage because the Democrats are so browbeaten, and because he happens to be homosexual, okay, that's it, happens to be, but you're not supposed to notice that, but because they don't want to say anything negative to him, I believe that's the honest reason they put him on that national stage. Absolutely they did. Even if he doesn't win, he'll get their agenda out there. That's what right. it is. Right. Like, you know, if you want the president and the first husband, is that what we want? No, I, I was making jokes last, last election, you know, that if Hillary won, then Bill would be the first dude. But I don't know if uh, that holds the same weight. So, But no, when you look at them all, I mean, it's just crazy and crazier. I mean, like, for instance, this health care to illegals. What in the hell is that about? What's next? Global welfare and the American taxpayer pays for it? Yeah, we've been paying for all of it. We have been the world's piggy bank, and Trump is absolutely correct on that. My father, God rest his soul, who was a World War II and Korea vet, he was a soldier in World War II and a surgeon in Korea, thanks to the military paying his way as he tested out and aptitude and stuff. Uh, anyway, he he uh, said that, um, you know, well, first of all, he knew exactly who um, Obama was before he ever was elected. You know, he said, that guy's a Marxist Muslim and he's going to take this country down without firing a single shot. Um, I guess his intuition and his experience. He was always right on that one. I, I'm sorry, you cut out? Sorry. I said, thank goodness that your dad was almost right on that one. Obama did try, but he wasn't yeah. able to quite get it done. Yeah, well, he passed. He wanted to vote for Trump, but he uh, he passed just a couple of months before the election, unfortunately. But he was also friends with Senator Bob Dole, um, and they're they're like family. I actually did Elizabeth Dole's um, um, presidential exploratory uh, campaign ninety nine and two thousand. I worked with her as her advisor for the state of Connecticut. So they're really they're family. And I agree. Uh, yeah. But. Senator Dole is a great guy from the times I've met him. Spoiler alert, everybody, I think a lot of people already know this. I am from that state, and so, uh, yeah, he's a great guy. I know, I, I, try not, I try not to dox anybody, so I let other people say, if, you know, where they're yeah. from. They want to. We're from Kansas. Good. We are from Kansas. We are jail. <laughs> yeah, oh, but God, don't say the Pledge of Allegiance, right? Because that's what's going on in Minnesota now. They don't want to say the Pledge oh, of Allegiance. Oh, I mean, you know, I mean... Pretty soon you can probably just go ahead and say the Shahada and it'll be okay in Minnesota. That's probably where they're going with it. Well, and that's the problem. You know, what they, you give them an inch and they take 10 miles and we can't allow it. We can't allow them to keep saying they're offended. Tough. They offend me, okay? They offend me. And if they want to come here, they're going to have to abide by our laws, our stuff. Christians and throwing stones and women are dead. Because they had the dishonor, air quote, of getting raped. What is, I, I mean, that's not offensive? Come on. No. That, it's, it's a terrible, and most people still don't understand it is not a religion. It's a way of life. It is a complete civilization, uh, Islam is. And we must ban Sharia law on a federal level. We have to. Um, maybe they'll quit coming. I mean, I, I'm, I'm open to anyone coming and being here that respects us and comes legally and wants to be part of our culture, our American culture. 
which is a melting pot, it's true. But we don't want people coming here that want to kill us and behead us and take our government over. You know, I've seen enough of, enough of that stuff. So, you know, and like I said, surviving 9-11 was kind of a sure thing that I, you know, feel that way. So, Right, which is funny that more New Yorkers don't think that way. People <laughs> live in Manhattan don't think that way. How not? Uh, what do you mean? I mean, the people that are in the tri-state area sure do. They, they feel that. They, they, they do. Maybe not down in the city. Uh, and that's another problem. De Blasio is a disaster. I mean, they got to get rid of him. Uh, him and Cuomo and, oh, my God. Him? Che Guerrero. What's going on? He killed women and children. Bill de Blasio is <laughs> quoting him. I don't know. I, you know, it's like they've lost their minds. They are possessed. I'm possessed by the devil. You know, I mean, it's like, oh, my God, who are, who are these people? It's, unbelievable. You know? it's like a race to the least common denominator. And Bill de Blasio is probably the worst mayor of a major um, city in, New, uh, in, the, in the country. Sorry. I'll try to think of a worse one. I can't. And that's saying a lot because they're all Democrats. I know all the major cities uh, that are Democrat run are shitholes. So yeah, 100%. President Reagan is right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's really sad. I mean, what's? How do you think Connecticut is going to? Sorry, Connecticut is going to go in twenty twenty. Uh, I think that there was fraud, voter fraud in Connecticut this last time because everybody I know in Connecticut was for Trump. Yeah, Connecticut has the most hope for all those uh, East Coast uh, states, I think. Um, I hope so. Um, I don't know, though, because we had uh, uh, Governor Malloy, who was a total disaster for 22 years, and now we've got what's-his-name. And, you know, they've ruined it and uh, ruined the state. It's, it's just, especially in the last probably, oh... Five years, I've seen a huge change and a huge shift. A lot of illegals overrunning everything. My sons had to move out of their neighborhood in Norwalk, Connecticut, in East Norwalk, um, which was a lovely, lovely Beautiful. place near the water because these people had moved in. And uh, I don't know where they're getting their money to rent these places, but literally you couldn't walk outside anymore without hearing gunshot. And that never, you didn't Not get gunshot. Got right. to Bridgeport. <laughs> oh man, because I grew up. My aunt and uncle um, had a place, and they—they they, he actually had a job in in the city, and he commuted from Connecticut. So we would frequently go out there in the summers, and it was honestly, it's very pristine, it's very relaxing. It has that you know that quintessential you know that East Coast kind of feel to it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's sad, sad to see that even that's changing. It's, you know, it's but, just was it Long Island. I mean, MS thirteen, Long Island. Cutting people's heads off. Too, but Long Island was devastated with them. And these people are animals. They are animals. Sorry, there's no divine spark in them, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, no, no spark of divinity whatsoever. These are evil creatures. I mean, the stuff that I've heard that they've done. Oh, terrible! Cutting people's hearts out. Things. I'm not even trying. I'm not trying to gross people out. But these are the things they're really doing here in the United States. I don't yeah. know Nancy Pelosi. I guess if she was filling out one of those questionnaires, it'd be turn ons, serial murderer, turn on. I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Nancy's a little twisted. Yeah, she's a twisted. Turn off Americanism, <laughs> Christianity, turn offs for me, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's it's um, and I don't know. She's uh, she's a mess. I, what am I going to say? She's a, a hot mess, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's a mess. I don't know about hot, but she's a mess. Um, mess so I get. <laughs> I have to get as many digs in as possible, you know. Of course, so, <laughs> I like you more and more. Well, you know, we're writing a book, and uh, we touched on it earlier, but before we get out of here, I'd really, uh, you said that it's not out yet. No, I'm still writing it, actually. I have um, a few offers on the table that I'm looking at, and I've been trying to meet with publishers. Yes, that's why I had a <laughs> GoFundMe account, because it's like after taking care of my parents for a couple of years, and I had lost my business partner of, of 25 years to uh, cancer uh, five years ago. So once you lose that perfect partnership, you know, you, you kind of, it's like, well, it's hard to find again. Plus with the whole industry changing it, I got to find my, you know, water has to reach its own level. But uh, anyway, then I decided to come out and take care of my parents. And now uh, that that's done, uh, it was time to sit down and write the putting book. Putting in some shifting sands so I'm sorry. I said it definitely seems like you're finding your footing in some very sh shifting sands, and hopefully, you know, we can, you know, get things moving forward. Because I mean, honestly, you are every day. I pay attention to you on social media, and it's just dynamite. Oh, uh, thank you. I see you all around it. Um, so how? Uh, every I'm sure everybody well, listening. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. I'm a master of trivia, friend of none. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, so the book itself, though, is about 9/11, and what else? I mean, is it as a just factual, or is it like from just a personal, or what is that? It's my personal experience of surviving that day. Um, um, I, you know, of course, would work in the city and stuff, but not every day. But I actually was going in to have a um, kind of a girl's day out in the city. And um, I was actually going to go up and have brunch, lunch, whatever, at the top of the World Trade Center at Windows on the World because, you know, my ex-husband was... You know, we had a, a membership up there and whatever. Um, and I hadn't been there in a while. And um, so I was going to take the train in. And uh, at, uh, you know, it was like, I think it was 7.05 train from Jerry and the Express, which by the time you get down to Grand Central and you connect, you, I would have ended up right underneath of a, uh, the World Trade Center as the first explosions and plane hit. So, yes, it's my personal experience. It's also about uh, two of the hijackers that I met the day before. Yep. Well, can, uh, can, we, can we hear a little bit of that? That sounds very juicy. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. It, no, it's pretty scary. Anyway, that's kind of another reason I kind of shut up for 18 years. It was just all too much to process. And plus, when you have the FBI. Oh, yeah. you, I asked Adam, like you just bumped into him. What were they doing? Well, you know, that's part of the book. But yeah, they know. I'll buy the book. I get it. I can, I'll buy the book. <laughs> uh, no, well, it's not for sale yet. Hopefully, I'll get it all finished and get it. Oh, back. I know. Um, no, but yeah, no, they were up in, they were in Connecticut, two, uh, four of them were, uh, yeah, and uh, I did have, uh, the FBI came to the house three different times, and I was told not to talk about what I saw, so I shut up for 18 years. Yeah, I don't get too much into the conspiracy stuff, but I will say this, there are a lot of very odd things surrounding 9-11. Um, I'm not going to say I have any of the answers, but there's things where you look at it and you're like, how, what, I just don't know what to say. So, well, I've looked at all of the, uh, different theories that people have and some are 
totally wrong. Um, I had somebody try to tell me that I did not see the plane with my own eyes going over, that they were all computer generated. I'm like, okay, buddy, you know, don't tell me that. I saw it with my own eyes on the train about the Bronx, okay, when the first one came over. So whatever. Um, how it was done, I don't know whether it was whether it was the, uh, uh, the uh, Boeing uninterruptible chip which actually beaconed in and uh you know there's a lot of theories and i'm going to go through that just in bits and pieces in my book uh there's also the nuclear fusion theory which it'll curl your hair literally i mean what i found out it's very scary so i will put those things in but it's more from a perspective of where we are as a nation now um we said we'd never forget Okay, um, and, and we have, um, we have uh, radical Muslim terrorists in our Congress right now. Um, we've got the Muslim Brotherhood walking in unannounced into the congressional office buildings with their care uh, bodyguards. What the hell happened? I mean, come on, you know, this is, an invasion this is an infiltration and it was planned okay and this those forget history are what doomed to repeat it that's exactly true i hope that doesn't happen though no i do too but anyway i'm hoping that people from what my perspective of having to live through that day by day and week by week and year after year um from a personal point and, and and also looking at it from a perspective for the country i mean we really did um it was our innocence was lost that day and we're never going to get that back unfortunately i certainly know that my age group was certainly lost that day uh we had we were still very young we had just you know gotten out of high school and then that happened and we've been in perpetual war ever since so yeah well yeah a different kind of war you know I mean, that's the other thing. People don't get it. I mean, I know what happened to the whole country and sort of the world. But those of us that lived there that day, oh, my God, you have no idea. We lost all of our communications. I had no television, no radio, no cell phone, no landline for probably till 8 o'clock that night. Do you know how scared we were? We thought it was the end of the world. I had two kids in college. One was in at Bucknell in Pennsylvania. One was in uh, at uh, Ohio Wesleyan, uh, and and then my son was in lockdown at New Canaan High School. Okay, so my youngest son, and mm-hmm. we couldn't get a hold of anybody. We had no idea what was going on. You know, right. I was waiting the for the gigantic mushroom cloud. Right. That's all you, you. For all you knew, we were under uh, thermonuclear attack. You had no idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't know. And this is such a very different war. It was an attack on our soil and civilians, innocent civilians that were just going to work and living their daily lives uh, got murdered. They got murdered. So, you know, it's my mission is to expose this in any way I can and to help people to remember, to educate them. Uh, that this must never happen again and we must never forget and we can't allow to be bullied by certain totalitarian ideological uh, uh you know 
ideology, ideologies, whatever, totalitarian ideologies. We cannot be bullied by these people anymore. Um, I'm, I'm sick of it, you know. We're not racist. We're not Islamophobic, by God. Uh, that's an irrational fear, yeah, by the way. Yeah, this isn't irrational. <laughs> well, Susan, we're, we're going to have you on guaranteed again. I really enjoyed this. I always enjoy talking to you. So people are looking for you online. Where can they find you? Um, well, Twitter's a good place <laughs> for right now. I've kind of, I, I'm on Facebook too, but you know, Twitter's a good place. Um, I, I don't have a dot com or anything right now. Um, but, uh, you can always, you know, reach out on Twitter. Um, you know, until I get this book written, which I'm trying to do, um, you know, it's going to be kind of, you know, well, we'll have you back on right when the book's coming out for sure. I really want to get that promoted. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. And you guys are doing great. I hope that, uh, you know, to see you just grow bigger and bigger and, um, you know, lead the way here and, and win that prize of being first on that uh, rung, first rung on that yep. ladder. We really appreciate the compliments. Uh, but guys out there, everybody, you can always find us online at www.newrightnetwork.com and all social media. That is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at New Right Network. One word, at New Right Network. Thanks for joining us today, everyone, and see you next time. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing. Online at newrightnetwork.com.